Leaves. And uh, Dave went off to Prague for some pretty intense RP. We're just running off the back, by the way, of having recorded our E1 uh, Empire stuff. We've got too many LARPs. We've got too many LARPs. You're a busy man. We've got too many LARPs, and now is the time. I flew back on Tuesday. Yeah. And I need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I need to hear about it. And we're here. So, holy shit. Like, okay. You had set yourself, I think, like, I think listeners for like a context, Dave has this uh, really um, awesome quality, um, but it's both one of those kind of awesome and slightly scary qualities of he's the kind of man who really likes to push himself at certain times. Like he's kind of, there's points where he likes to, to test himself and he enjoys himself in the test. Uh, and you took on a LARP, I think, which is something I can fundamentally say I would never, ever do. A lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. This is the LARP that when I went to, um, uh, what's it called? Zero in Spain, yeah. which is another international LARP. When, uh, by the way, the term international LARP and um, uh, Nordic LARP are kind of interchangeable in the scene. Um, they generally refer to very hardcore ways of playing the game. Mm. So conflict is a massive part of the game, much harder than anything I'm used to. Mm. The subject matter for this LARP is uh, extremely hardcore, historical, there's a lot of stuff. So We should give massive caveats. Yeah, this this is like... If you find um, certain subject matters difficult, this subject, this episode isn't for you. Yeah. Um, and and I, that's a very broad statement, but yeah. necessarily broad. I'm, and I would uh, I would agree. Like anything, I'm, I'm now going to go through some of the themes. Yeah. That are going to be in this episode that we will bring up. Um, assault. Sexual assault, Nazism, fascism, the Holocaust. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, this is not going to be a uh, our usual carry-on. Yeah. This is a very hard episode. I am going to speak honestly about my experience. Um, there is going to be, um, so this, unlike a lot of the LARPs we go to, so for example, Empire or a lot of the iLARP games, which are continuous experiences, right? So once yeah. we talk about something, the episode, uh, that, 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 that is over and yeah. the storyline moves on. Um, Requiem Reich Skinder is a experience. Experience effectively, it's it's a one a, and done. Right? It's a one and done. Um, people did go back and play different characters. There's lots of different perspectives you can have on the game, but there needs to be a certain responsibility on my part not to give too much of the storyline away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so going it's actually. To... I, I was actually under the impression that this has only happened. This was the first time. But this has happened no. multiple times. No. So, okay, let's go back now. 
whoever is still listening, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, and believe me, this is going to be, um, there's going to be a lot. And I want to I want to make sure that we talk about this in the right way. Um, and me and Ian will hopefully talk at some point about ethics of LARP, what's appropriate for LARP, how to play those themes safely. Um, this is like it's so hardcore but i want to try and explain some of the culture behind the game how it's interacted with um one thing i really want to uh, explain is that uh, so i picked this larp yeah because i literally wanted to test myself yeah i found this on the international or uh, facebook page yeah and it was so dark so fucked that i was like let's see where my limit is I, I think you said this is as hard as you'll ever go and it is yeah like a hundred percent yeah um i'm gonna try and speak honestly about my feelings towards the game um and this doesn't come at like a cost of judgment onto the game runners or the other players. Um, let, let me just put it this way. I actually feel, and bear in mind, this LARP fucked with my head mm. real bad. Yeah. Okay. Like um, the game ended on Sunday. Yeah. It's taken me up until today i would say to feel normal yeah i've had like a lot of mixed feelings about my experience a lot of self um exploration um because of this larp um yeah i and bear in mind like they they specifically say to what happens at the larp stays at the larp and not to spoil things and I think this is like done on multiple levels. I think there is a, a genuine fear within this hardcore space yeah. that um, people won't understand and attack them for it. Bear in mind, like, uh, I hung out with one of the players the day before. I flew to Prague. I spent a couple of days in Prague. By the way, Prague is one of the be- most beautiful yeah, cities. I've heard really good things It's about really Prague. nice. Um Beer's great, people are great, food's great. People, like, wait to cross the road at crosswalks. It's like this weird utopian... <laughs> it was lovely. Things function, right? The skater people are really polite. And, anyway. Um, I hung out with uh, a LARPA that was attending the event, and I asked so many questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was giving, like, my worries and concerns for the LARP. Um, and the, when we got to the LARP, they literally thought that I might be a reporter for some trashy tabloid in the UK. Interesting. Yes. And to be like, oh, I actually don't know how to defend that. Like, how do I say I don't work for the Daily Mail or the Sun or some other shitty trash mag that's going to do a a hit piece on them. Did you speak to them about, like, this? Like, the the podcast and stuff? Yeah, but I don't usually like to, like, brag or 
because you end up just sounding like a yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, twat, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, when you're like, "Oh, I make a fucking podcast." I, I mentioned it in passing, but like, you, you don't want to be like, "Oh, by the way, if you want to know who I am, then like fucking listen to fucking twenty fucking yeah, yeah, hours yeah, of the yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. to know that we're legit, yeah. actually interested in the hobby and what it is to LARP and all of that stuff." Um, so. I also got the feeling that I, I did message the game runners during the uh, before the game. I did mention that I do a podcast and I wanted to do an interview. Yeah. They said they were going to um, maybe ask. I felt a little bit of static of one of the game runners. I don't know whether that's me. Maybe the guy just didn't like me. No, but yeah, yeah. I got that vibe that there was a little bit of mistrust there. So... Bear in mind, I'm going into this with, like, I genuinely, one, don't want to spoil the game. Yeah. Two, I don't want anyone involved to be attacked, including myself or Ian, for recording this episode. Um, what I really want to do, my intentions are, to try and explain what Nordic LARPs are like, what Czech LARPs, which have uh, a reputation for being quite hard, um... And maybe, like, some of my feelings towards how the game was and how I felt afterwards. Mm. Like, this is really complicated stuff. I'm not an expert on anything, um, but I'm going to try and let you know how I feel about it. And maybe we can kind of, you can get something out of it. Um, I hope that maybe you'll listen to this and you'll even know that you do want to play this game. Or you don't want to play this game. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that the third option should be we need to stop this game from ever happening or um, judgment on anybody involved. Uh, I think it's a deeply interesting philosophical conversation to have about what is LARP, what is appropriate LARP, mm. and what the benefits of dealing with certain conversation certain subject matters can have and how emotive they are mm. um okay yeah okay so like i guess this is like last caveat warning yeah like i'm going to avoid spoilers i'll be putting in i'm going to tell ian some of the stuff there are okay let me give you the setup First, before I caveat that. Actually, uh, like, uh, as a thing, can you talk to me about... Because I know you are this way, mm. right? Where you do pursue these things to challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. Are you happy to talk more about that? And that driver inside you? And We're going to get into all of it. Yeah? Like, We're... but uh, I think as a starting point, like, what drew you to it? And... In what way did that uh, touch on those points of yourself that want to explore that? I think it's I think it's interesting the character I played mm. and the things I learned. Did you get about to choose myself. your character? Because like, you told me who okay. your character was, and maybe that's necessary okay. to say. Let's but... let's do the setup. Okay, yeah. so what is Requiem? Reichskinder International. I'm probably butchering that fucking pronunciation. Mm. Um, it is a Czech LARP. It takes... Um, the, the, the location is just north of Prague. It's in a ex-military 
um, uh, hospital. Um, it's this site has a lot of history. Mm. Okay, I think it was used for POWs at one point after the First World War. It's a very large, old hospital building. Yeah. It's in uh, a, a, like a state of disrepair. Um, the setting of the LARP itself is post World War Two, when the Germans occupied the Sudetenland. Right. Yeah. History lesson first. When the when the Germans occupied the Sudetenland under the pretense of there are Germans living there and they are Germans and therefore this land is Germany, yeah. uh, which is pretty relevant to the world we live in today um the german population was indoctrinated into nazi ideology yeah um at the end of the war when uh the czechoslovakia uh became a country again Mm. um they had to deal with a radicalized indoctrinated percentage of their population we play young people um that were involved in one way or another in this germification of czechoslovakia um even while i'm talking to you by the way this is fucking nuts as i'm saying out loud yeah like this is fucking crazy what i'm talking about right now um we are taken to a institute where we are pupils and we are being effectively gone through uh, almost like a uh, it's almost like a mental institute where mm-hmm. a lot of us have trauma from our experiences during the war um, many of us hold uh, party ideology uh, which is a very harmful some of us uh, are confused about um, our roles and guilt mm. and all those things, okay? So there used to be, like, uh, POW camps, obviously, here in the UK, and they had colour codings, and there was, like, a white white camps, grey camps, and black camps, and yeah. they were, like, uh, white camps were, like, for um, Germans who they thought could be, like, you know, were... Benign in in that sense, grey was kind of like for people who obviously needed to be questioned, and black was like SS members and stuff like that, right? Yeah, is it that kind of like vibe? Or so there are lots of different what we call in the game trauma groups. These are groups of characters that are related to in some way. So there are the Berliners. who are young people who were put into the army and they're called Berliners because they were part of the last-ditch defence of Berlin when the Soviets invaded. Um, There's the... um, Is it the Lebensstrand? The... 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 Birthing... Where they got... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young... Aryan men, young Aryan yeah, the breeding women, programs, the right. breeding programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are characters that have that involved. Um, one of the characters was played uh, literally pregnant. So this is all right. fucking yeah, dude. Like we're gonna go down deep, dark down. I kind of want to talk to Ian about this because it's gonna help me 
process process right. a lot of this. Um, there is the um, the Varnsdorf, which I was a part of, which is a group of young Germans. Some of them are Czech German. Some of them are Czechs who identify as German, but they were kind of involved in uh, the kind of um, civ- civilian gang aspects of sure. this stuff. Um, yeah. Like, I'm struggling already to talk to Abbots, by the way. So, um, but I was part of the Varnsdorf group. I play the character called Michael Richter. Um, again, this is a pretty hardcore subject matter. So, we're going to get through it. I'm going to try not to give too many spoilers. I'm going to give a like slight, brief, minor spoilers for the character of Michael Richter. I played Michael in a certain way. I understand that different runs of this game have vastly different outcomes depending on how people choose to play their characters. Right. I'm going to try and stick to the player-led stuff rather than talking about some of the yeah the, the plot the plot stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that the game sense, provides right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So. Um, who is Michael Richter? Michael Richter is from a rich background. Uh, he's of German descent. He is kind of self-righteous. Very, he considers himself to be a bit of an intellectual. He reads things like Nietzsche, uh, Mein Kampf, all these philosophers. And you get the impression that he's a bit of an odd one out because he's probably still starting to see that maybe the what his beliefs were before mm. and how they are now are starting to divert that's how i like to approach the character uh, maybe not necessarily did you because you got a choice of characters <clears throat> yeah yeah so, so that they how was that done was it like a draft okay. that you got sent certain there is a document that is literally like here are all the different characters here are the rules like nothing about what i'm saying now is not immediately obvious when you read the um the 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 document that yeah. that, that is they have the different groups they have um a brief synopsis on each of the characters. Mm. And your one literally was, you are the odd one out, basically. So I picked, you get to pick three characters in order. The top one, top uh, second, and third choice. Yeah. Michael was my third choice. Your third choice? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, mainly because I was worried that Michael was too similar to me. Right. Right? And we talked about this in the previous episode yeah. when we talked about Empire that separation between your character and you is important. Michael had a lot of traits that are very similar to me, and that's maybe why um, it hit me as hard as it did. I don't know, maybe you can use your own judgment on that. Um, about 10 days a week before the event started, I was sent a, um, a document that is, uh, I think it's nine pages long, um which uh, i've got the booklet in front of me and it literally goes through it starts with like i was born in prague and i bop, 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 and it goes through and it tells me a brief history on who i am what i did and um how it, what's nice about this text is 
it leaves a lot of who Michael is up to the player. So it describes events rather than necessarily thoughts. There are some thoughts in here. Sure. Um, Michael seems to, when you read the text, not be very good at taking responsibility for his actions. Mm. Like, at no point is he like, I did this. Yeah. Terrible things happened. Yeah. I am responsible. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all like a teenage boy offsetting all of that onto someone. It was always someone else's fault. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. X or Y happened, okay? Um, he takes criticism very badly. This is definitely something that I have as a person. So uh, I don't know whether anyone takes criticism well, but I, I like yeah. me and Michael definitely had like similar vibes on on that aspect. Yeah. Um, uh, so I read through the character. Yeah. And bear in mind, like I booked this six months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm in Prague. Yeah. I'm gonna travel up there. I don't know anyone that's there. Uh, I'm shitting my pants. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I, I think it's important to say this really is, like, the, like, you could tell, like, I mean, you're someone who really does challenge yourself quite a bit, and you were you were nervous about it. Like, Extremely really nervous, nervous. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you've done some things in your life as well, which are pretty, like, you know, like, I mean, like, like adventurous kind of life you've led, really. Uh, I'm talking like, like, you know, all the stuff you did on the cruise ship and, like, you know, just, like, travelling around the world. You've done a lot of things and you've kind of given a lot of things a go. You're quite kind of like a... To, to someone who's fairly stayed like me, uh, you know, you, you're willing to give things a, a shot, but that was in, it was interesting to see how nervous you were about this going in. I think, like, there was a lot of... Okay. And there's the fear of the unknown as well, right? So let's get into some rules because I can't really have this conversation without talking about some of the rules. These rules are, again, very fucking hardcore on paper. Um, physical assault is part of the game. Right. And what does that mean? Okay. I'm going to... Let's explain. So all of this sounds really scary until we did the workshops. We had... Six hours of workshops. Mm. Okay? They were incredibly detailed, incredibly informative, and very much made sure that everyone understands safety is paramount. Mm. So, um, let's go through some, like, safety stuff. So, there were... How do you... uh, They had a, a red light, yellow light, green light system for how intense role play is mm. at any point you can be like red light and basically be like i want this to stop stop yeah um if you can't speak you hold an x above your head like with your arms and walk out of the scene no. there's no judgment for that they had um uh, a system where you could get a referee to come and meet you in the uh, a special area and they would basically give you kind of help mm. um the physical assault side of things was uh, basically think of it uh, kind of like wrestling. Yeah. No blows thrown towards the head. When I throw a punch towards your stomach, I am six inches away from you, and you play act receiving the hit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's no physical thing like that. When I 
want to throw you around, mm. I grab you by your lapels and I gently guide you. Okay, there's no, yeah. I'm not forcing you. You're the one as the player being assaulted that leads the action. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if I grab, so if you grab hold of my lapels, I fling myself around and I choose my own level of involvement. Um, there's a thing where if you grab hold of someone's ear, they grab hold of your hand and they are literally the ones driving all the action. So they might be like, ah, and pull themselves down. But my hand is almost flaccid on the... Uh, sure, 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 head, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, This, in the game, was extremely safe. I never felt physically uh, like I was being assaulted or anything like that. I had my own level of involvement, and I felt that way about the players I was involved with. Sure. Um, Let's get to the really nasty stuff of sexual assault. So there are rules for sexual assault, which um, are, like, frankly, I find the idea of rape and sexual assault, frankly, disgusting. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm uh, physically um, disgusted by the idea. Um in the game, it the rules work that you hold on to their sleeves mm. and they are supposed to be submissive in that moment. Now, bear in mind, if you, as the victim of that, at any point feel uncomfortable, you literally pull your hands away and walk away, mm. right? And then it's, it stops immediately. So... I think this is one thing that's going to be really hard for the majority of people that are listening to this is to understand how many safety mechanisms we have in this and how opt-in the players that play the game are. Mm. Um, the, ma- the majority of players were female. Mm. Like, the, there's more female characters than male characters. Um, safety was despite what I'm saying now, was at an absolute priority. Mm. From game runners to players, everyone, safety was the biggest thing. Um, the term type 2 fun, which refers to something that isn't fun at the time, but when you look back on it, is rewarding in some way. So, for example, you run an ultra marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you stopped you and said midway through a 50 mile fucking hike, yeah, yeah. are you having fun? You'll You're be dying, like, right? My feet hurt. I Everything hurts. Yeah. This is awful. When you complete it, you feel a sense of reward. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of what we're talking about. Um, the, the system works in a number of different ways. So the game lasts for 30 real hours. Time is doubled. So mm. an hour is actually half an hour. Um, so in game we have a schedule. This involves two lots of sleeping over three days. So okay. instead of eight hours sleeping, we have four hours of sleep. Right. Because like sleep deprivation was a part of it. Sleep deprivation is very much a part of the game. So when we got there... Um, we all sleep in, we have uh, marked beds um, in a big dorm room mm. on Mill 
military beds, I had to bring a sleeping bag and I got a pillow with me. Um, we also needed to bring uh, gym equipment because there's some physical, uh, uh, what's it called, like uh, like PE. Yeah. Like, um, um, but our actual kit that we wore was provided by the game. Okay. Um, so was food. Um, so, and the reason why the beds are laid out with their names on is because certain things happen at night. Okay? Right. Okay. These are definitely the things I can't talk about publicly. Right. But they're called special friends. And these okay. are NPCs who are in a variety of different guises. Okay. You might interact with not so much at first, definitely at night, and then some of these characters start to interact during the day. Right. Now, the idea is that these are special friends that you, if they, if they're not interacting with you, they're not there. Right. So they're kind of like imaginary friends. Kind of. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's call them imaginary friends, yeah. for the benefit of what we're talking about. But they might decide to interact with you. You can also palm them off to somebody else during the game. I didn't see this happen. Everyone interacted with their one. But, like, these are... Uh, the, this is, like, probably the greatest thing about the game is the NPCs and some mm. of the interactions I had with those were fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, absolutely mind-blowingly amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, just as a... A, a, a quick thing. How many players are we talking about? It's, like it's 32 it, players. Right. I think it was 13 crew. Right. So very small. It's very small, yeah. Um, the, I think something like this has to be small. It has to be. Yeah. It, ha- it, it literally has to be small. Everyone has to be accountable. Yeah. Safety has to be an absolute premium. Mm. Uh, there needs to be uh, pressure valves in every single way. Every single player needs to feel that they can opt out whenever the fuck they want because you cannot do stuff like this on a large scale. It has to be bespoke, personal, safe. Yeah. Um, And bear in mind, like, in the UK, at least the LARPs that I've attended, um, we tend to be extremely wary of difficult subject matters especially if they're controversial. Mm. Um, like, I'm literally worried about people's reaction to this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, I feel like it's worth talking about. When we get there, we're given name badges, you, uh, our outfits, which is like a nice woolly jumper. It's very cold inside the building, but our mm. clothes are actually quite warm. Um, we're also given what I have in front of me now, which is a plastic folder with a schedule. Right. So it literally lays out the time. They have special clocks, which read the time for the time compression. Right. So you have to kind of learn how to read them differently from a normal clock. Um, They literally give me my schedule, where I need to be. They also have like prompts for other things that Mm. um, I need to think about. Um, They also have... Uh, a drama therapy section 
drama therapy is a major component to the game where um, it tells... So in my group, the Van Varnadorf group, yeah. we have a collective trauma together. It talks about what happened. So the start of this annotation literally describes what are how the intros and then we go through a group of scenes which outline um things that have happened or potentially happened with cues in there while we do those drama scenes together as a trauma group led by a, a nurse or a member of staff we can change and decide differently what happened in those scenes and those will have like you're rewriting the past effectively right. and what your decisions are in there will be change how things are now um i found this a little bit drama clubby at times uh it's a really interesting mechanic uh my group only changed twice when we were doing it other groups changed regularly and change the dynamic within their group when i was um i did a bunch of drama therapy for like um like depression and sort of going through a bunch of that mm-hmm. uh, and there was some stuff like this where you sort of set scenes up and you play out roles in the scenes and you basically run through parts but everybody can adjust the scene as you're going through mm-hmm. is that kind of the vibe where it's Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's quite like you kind of have to do it a bunch of times, but when um, it, it's understanding basically like leaders and uh, under, like, it's kind of like when you're doing uh, like RP uh, in a tabletop game, but obviously like obviously kind of stuff I was doing, um, you're obviously working through traumas and stuff like that. Yeah. And you're basically playing out when someone is basically has what we would call in tabletop RPGs the spotlight and when people are like acting in that scene is is that the kind of basically the gist of the vibe we're talking about yeah it's communal like I had my little group um, of characters that I interacted with um, I had my own personal beast with some of them I had some of them were uh, close friends of mine mm. um, we played out the scenes I feel like this is one part of the game that potentially I didn't engage in enough or understand enough or take enough risks in. Yeah. Um, despite the repetition of it. Um, you, you, I, I mean, I, I'm just going to speak on yeah, my go, experience. Go, 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 one yeah, thing yeah, I yeah. can kind of talk on, I suppose. There's like, there was a point when I was kind of doing this kind of stuff where you kind of understanding agency and my ability to express what you have done as part of a scene in which we inhibit is important and something that kind of takes time to develop. And say if we were doing, again, I'm going to use tabletop RPGs because it's more likely that people have done that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, when we're doing a tabletop RPG, I have no control as a player over your actions in a past reflectionary moment, right? In something like this, as I've done it, often someone will say, you did this thing at this time, or we did this thing together at this time, and all of a sudden you're a member of a scene in which they have created. Uh, And that is a thing where it takes time to process 
how you choose to interact with that because obviously when you're taking agency away from somebody and saying that you were involved in this moment of trauma with me you're bringing them there and sometimes they may be a family member right sometimes they may be a uh complicit sometimes they may like and you start getting stages where like if uh, you make someone a victim right and uh, like and stuff like that and it's like how uh how that kind of stuff is guided obviously this was all when i did stuff like this was all through literally therapy sessions mm. uh and this was all that the, the drama therapy i did was very like experimental kind of stuff um but it i think stuff like that is quite nuanced and it's imperfect and takes a lot of work over time to understand you need like because bear in mind this is a group meets up every week when i was doing it right and it's like you encounter these people sometimes people cross boundaries Mm. right if someone suddenly puts you in a scene and gives you a thing the like the way it was done when i did it was uh because this was actually part of like a research project. There's actually the people doing were doing like their their thesis was on this, uh, and we opted into this as people doing it. It was like uh, if if I I may literally trigger you without even knowing through the the trauma I'm trying to ex- explore with you, um, and it was interesting to see the the the, the different ways people interact with that. And I think it's. I think that's why uh, listening to you talk about that. I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're talking about, the, 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 but those to, to, to carry, these are mechanisms that are literally used in therapy. Yeah, I feel like there is a solid basis of psychology underpinning a lot of what this game is. Yeah, right, and they are both designed to to get a reaction to create conflict, but also to try and develop so in these scenes you don't you are in charge of you as a character mm. you don't get to decide that someone else that's so, good that's good because again what i was doing was very much like someone could tell you what you were involved in yeah so, so this that's is ni- that's nice. this is very much like i choose my own level of guilt or involvement right. in a okay. lot of these scenes um we I okay, like we had. So there are conflicts built into my backstory mm. with certain players. There was one player who I had conflicts kind of built in. We had like uh, I had a couple of different groups that I was part of. Mm. Like I had my main gang group, and I had another group that I was involved with from my past. Sure, I had kind of beef in my own group ish and my group that i was part of in the past there was a couple of people that i had unresolved business with one of the players a really wonderful german guy um touched base with me before and was like hey i'm not really into physical conflict Uh, and we had a really good like pre-game fucking chat and it really helped um touching base with that person and really seeing them as like a a person before we got into it Mm. um 
yeah, let's kind of get into the events. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to be too specific on things. I'm going to talk a lot about feelings, some events, but not all of it. So, start the event, we all go to bed. Right. We're all lying in bed, okay. and we get woken up about, it must have been like half an hour later. Bear in mind, we stayed there the night before. I was already tired before the event started. Right. Um, and this is after a lot of workshops, yeah. a lot of safety stuff. Um, we then presented with, so there are pupils and there are staff and there are therapists. Right. Okay. The staff are literally almost like, you know, um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is, I kept thinking about one flew over the cuckoo's nest and a lot of the kind of, a lot of that stuff that, that kind of like that vibe of, institutionalized mental health that isn't actually very good but is a system Mm. and we're in that system um they woke us up they literally we all stood by our beds we were taught the um the the freedom song which is uh a check I think it's like a national anthem type thing. Sure. But we had to sing this every day when we woke up. And how long like like how long did the event run for? And so how many So times? the event was 30 hours. Right. In game it spread over 3 days. Okay. So we had woke up in the morning, first day, we had two nights and then the last day, the third day was like the culmination of the event. Right. Um the kind of idea that we are trying to be de-radicalized mm. was part of the game, but not necessarily. A lot of the staff had um, their own storylines. The therapists had their own uh, storylines. We, as pupils, had our own storylines. So all of these different like um, uh, uh, confrontational triggers and judgments are passed on each other before we even start playing the game. Um, like brutal stuff. Like they literally go through each of the pupils and say, "How is how is Michael getting on?" Well, Michael has these issues, and they say it publicly to the entire group. Right. And you hear this for each of the different characters, and it's like already like this is rough imagine like you you Mm. and they're like oh ian has these issues dave has confidence issues or whatever right in front of everyone but these are talking like pretty hardcore issues we get up we have a, 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 a washroom area where we brush our teeth and do all that stuff. Then we go for breakfast. Mm. Food is all provided for us. Um, my character was uh, put immediately in conflict with the head nurse for reasons I can't explain. Okay. Um, and uh, I, at the start of the game, yeah, was like, I'm going hard. So I would be like, I would say snide comments to some of the characters that I'm not friends with. I'll be like part of my group. I was quite loud and chatty. This, I think, in this sort of system is very dangerous in hindsight. If you 
uh, put your head above the peril pit, uh, it, 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 you're making yourself a target, okay? Right. We went through the day where we had to, like, at one stage we were asked to draw, like, to paint pictures. Mm. So I decided that I'm going to paint a picture of one of the nurses, who's like the young nurse. With the, there's loads of calibration for this, so we knew how old people were, our political beliefs, all that sort of stuff. And this nurse was like nice, so I was like, I'm going to draw a picture of my favourite nurse, and I painted this picture or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. while like having little conversations with people, trying to let them know what I'm planning, all this stuff, and I had a lot of like sure. secret conversations. Um, we had therapy sessions where we literally go to the therapist area. We have to wait. Then we get invited in and have a therapy session with a player mm. who's our therapist. Um, I feel like I missed like touching base with my character and the therapist. We never really had a rapport. And my backstory which is kind of developed. So a lot of the themes of this is where your backstory says one thing, and then as you play the game, new things are revealed, which mm. tell you more about what happened. Um, by the time that some of those reveals happened for my character, it was already like, we're way past me. Like, my storyline was a little bit like, I don't think Michael is that concerned about what happened then because of everything that's happening now, right? Like now, yeah. like in this fucking environment, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. very bad. Um, like, um, really importantly, again, this is really hard to talk about. We had a, there's things called procedures as well, which is like where you go for a specific type of therapy, which usually involves you sitting in a room with some sort of stimulus. I don't want to give spoilers. Some of these range dramatically, but it's a lot about isolation and thinking. Mm. That's generally what these kind of things are after therapy sessions. We then had a film screening. Uh, the film screening was... Um, at the end of World War Two, uh, American uh, film people attached to the army recorded footage of the Holocaust, yeah. of concentration camps. Um, they're quite famous footage. Um, I've seen them before. It didn't make them any more easy to watch in this yeah. environment. Um, and I knew that those films had a dramatic effect on the German population because it showed what such a toxic and hateful fucking ideology that the Nazis had affected uh, what the outcomes for that really actually yeah, yeah, looked yeah. like, right? The dehumanization murder of millions of people. Um, I took this on as... I think this is time where... Michael, who already has probably some doubts about what the what Nazism was and German nationalism was, and start to be like, actually, 
maybe that was wrong. So this is already my character starting to develop into this idea mm. that I'm going to start to reject some of those ideas and probably is it try supposed to, to be better. the first time that you've seen this footage? Yeah, like I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's ex- it, it's extremely hard to watch, right? Like it's those films are. Oh yeah, I mean, if you watch horrendous like World at War or something like yeah. that, and you catch yeah, but this is or... like the unedited yeah awful scenes okay like so i decided that my character would start to react to this and be probably start to question like uh, also peter had an idea that he's quite righteous like if you think something's right then he's verbose in it like i am as a person um but the idea that actually maybe the ideology that he held so firmly Mm. is wrong and therefore maybe he needs to develop on who he is um we had physical activity which is literally pe where we had to run around and do sports um and then we had personal hygiene and then bed we also had a one of the gang had heard about where we could maybe find some schnapps. Okay. And there are two locations where you can go. One of them is the basement. Okay. It's three floors down and it's a fucking dark basement. Okay. okay? Like, it's some scary shit down there, okay? Like, it's properly scary basement shit right the other part is the ruined wing um i am now going to tell ian a little bit about what me and the gang saw when we went to the ruined wing okay hi just to be back real quick um i forgot to mention how combat works if we're both unarmed we can role play and we both basically cancel each other out. If I have a weapon, I always trump. It doesn't matter how many people are against me. If I have an iron bar, right, which is like a a, a, a pool noodle, sure, um, that kills ever like beats everything that comes against me. I right. beat you up. Right, right, right. If we both have iron bars, then it's a stalemate type sure, thing. Sure, sure. These weapons scale up to knives, and there are guns in the game. Wow, okay. So, if you come across someone with a better weapon than you, then you lose. Okay. And it doesn't matter how many people there are. Okay. Really interesting. I'm going to get back to telling Ian about what What happened. (laughs) So... So that was the kind of first encounter. Did you keep the sword? Uh, no. No. He took it off me. He took it off you. Which is fair. Fair. Yeah. Did anybody keep any of the weapons they found? No. Okay. Um, at this stage, it wasn't too bad. I got into a little bit of shit where... I was being quite mean to one of the guys... Because I had beef with him. Mm. And he had a girlfriend. And the girlfriend didn't take kind to this. And then I was like, hey, chill out. And I passed her in the corridor and I touched her arm. I went, hey. And she said, don't fucking touch me. And then 
she got a couple of guys to beat me up. Right. And this is my first beating I took was like, they were like, the guy grabbed my collars and I like moved with him. Right. He kind of put me back and then like beat me with a, I think it was a metal pole at that stage. He beat me up and that was like, but it's really safe. Right. Right, 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 right. um, And it was like, oh man, like I took a kicking and she was like, because she had gone around and told people that I had touched her inappropriately. Interesting. Which is, like, really dark. Yeah. Um, and also, like, you don't want to have that fucking label. Um, right? Like, but, like, yeah. yeah. So, I already had made some fucking enemies at that stage. Right. Um, we... Then, like, later on in the evening, we had physical therapy, and then we did personal hygiene, brush your teeth, mm-hmm. time to go to bed. Oh, I forgot one thing. I received a phone call. So they have a phone, which okay. is like one of those old military phones sure. where you have like a direct line to somewhere else. Okay. So I get the phone. You have to push the fucking handle in to speak. And it was a phone call from my mum. Okay. So I pick up the phone. And, dude, like, like... The, the 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 NPC player who played my mum, she also played another NPC character, um was so good. Right. Like I don't know whether you were ever away when you were a kid. Like you're at camp, you're somewhere else. Like I got bullied pretty hard when I was at school and younger, and you're like Hi, mum. She's like, hey, I'm worried about you. I'm like, how's things? And it's just like, well, I'm having a bit of a hard time. And she's like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm so worried about you. And you're like, you can't tell your mum. Right. So I was like, mum, mother, I'm fine. It's going to be okay. Sure. Right? Yeah. And to hear this sweet voice who's really concerned about me on the other end of this phone call was like part of the heartbreak of what it was to be my character. Right. Like it was so weirdly affecting me personally to have these interactions. But basically she had told me that there was something for me and I needed to go at night to go and get it. That's all I can really say about it. Okay. So then... Later on, we all go to bed, mm. and just random question: like, I see, like, is the idea like your characters are being like held, right, right? So you're you're kind of like prisoners, essentially. Yes, right. Like it's like a you've been institutionalized. Exactly. Okay. Very much so. So your mother, in this instance, she's talking to you from the outside world yes talking to her son who has walked down a path has the idea was a lot of the people in there had voluntarily gone in right but now we're in there you can't leave yeah it's one for the cuckoo's nest yeah Yeah. like once you're institutionalized you're in and there's only certain ways you can get out Mm. um my mother desperately wanted to get me out. Right. And because we were from a rich family, there were certain ways to do this. Right. Okay. And one of these things was like, I would find out more information if I went downstairs at night. I would get woken up. 
So you go to bed, right? And then a member of staff will come and wake you up, interesting, and say, "Come with me." You leave. You then go and do the thing, but you're not supposed to just get up and go wandering around. Okay, like, okay. There are encounters set up for you that are set. Okay. And so bear in mind, I can hear people. So I know something's going to happen when I go to bed, okay? Right. I know something's going to happen because I've been told sure. I'm going to get woken up to go and do a thing, right? But So I'm lying in bed. I'm already exhausted, right? I hear other people waking up, going off. I hear strange sounds. I hear music. Uh, I uh, Like, lots of weird shit's happening, sure, okay? Sure. And then it comes turn for me to be woken up and they're like oh michael come with me there's something in the basement for you okay have you been to the basement at this point no okay i have not been to the basement at this point and again a brief interlude while i explain to ian what i found in the basement So, I have a very fucking eventful night. Yes. We can agree, Safe right? Safe to say, yeah, a lot of stuff happened to you. Yes, during the night time. Yeah. And, like, Michael, my version of Michael, and bear yeah. in mind that each run is going to be very different with how players approach the game, uh, are going to be very different. Uh, Michael, probably starting to change his opinion. Yes, yeah. And that's the way I want to do things. Um, there's a whole other sub-story I actually can't talk about. Right. That I am trying to gather information from other people in the the, 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 the place, okay? So, part of my thing here is... I see a way to save one of my friends by trying to gain information and I can broker that information to save one of my friends. Okay. Bear in mind, I forgot to mention, I've already been assaulted with an iron bar by one of the nurses who doesn't like me. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, at this stage, I'm 100% what the most attacked person in the institute, okay? I've been assaulted more times than anyone else. I have been beaten up a right. bunch of times at this point. Is that just like... So after you've been attacked... Yeah. Like, is there like a medical procedure mm-hmm. or anything like that? Like, do you carry any kind of injuries or anything no, like that? No, it tends to be... Like it's just purely RP. It tends to be like RP. You uh, go down... Combat is very quick. You're supposed to go down very quick. Um, if you're outnumbered or they have a weapon, you go like it's supposed to be brief, yeah, and supposed to kind of affect on an RP level how you interact with the world. So for me, I had um, uh, medical staff put bandages around me because I had had my ribs beaten up. Wow. Like, yeah. like Michael had had a bad time. He had a bad time. A lot of yeah. metal poles. I don't know whether you've been hit by a metal pole. <laughs> It's not nice. No. Um, we had uh, psychological games, physical exercise, manual activities, all this stuff, more therapy. At this point in the therapy, bear in mind, I've been assaulted by staff. 
I've been assaulted by pupils. I've started to have crazy fucking visions. Okay. Michael is not necessarily hugely engaged in the story I have been given in the plot. Right. It's like, yeah, Michael doesn't take responsibility for his actions, but he's trying to now. And I feel like, again, I kind of missed with the the uh, the therapist on what that really meant. Um, we had another um, kind of uh, drama therapy group as well. Um, we were asked to write a paper um, about... So I got asked to write a paper on on the first day Germany and war crimes and at the time when I had my therapy thing I was like Psh, whatever but then right. I watched the Holocaust film and I wrote a quite I thought it was quite meaningful retrospective on what it meant for the ideology and the outcomes that that left to of dehumanizing German citizens that effectively led to murder. And I wrote mm. this two pages of like... How long do you have to do these these different projects? So like? there are kind of gaps in the time. I had to kind of double up during the psychological experiments and try and write so the kid... And bear in mind, I'm dyslexic. So yeah. it's like hard for me to write this stuff down anyway. So I really, really have to concentrate... But I found time and I felt quite compelled like at the time to write some of these thoughts down because of what what, what the subject matter was. Yeah, like yeah. it really affected me, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's, um, so I wanted to write this thing down. Um, we, I then developed a bit of a crush on my nurse. Right. And um, there are like rules for like romantic interactions mm. but they're all based on consent so we all had a, a thing where we at, before the that part of the workshops where we talked about what we're comfortable with whether that's violence sex they were the two kind of like big barometers yeah so one of them would be like are you comfortable holding hands or shouting at someone is level one right level two would be um I can't remember what the violence was, but it was like giving someone a, a kiss on the cheek. And you would say, Ian, yeah. I really like you. Would you mind if I gave you a kiss on the cheek? Right. You as a player would then not. Yeah. Okay? Giving me the green light of your consent that I can kiss you on the cheek. There was also kissing with the lips. I couldn't do that like yeah, i didn't yeah, want yeah. to do that yeah. i stepped out at that stage during the workshop um i need a little bit of romancing before i start kissing people yeah, on yeah, the mouth yeah. so i declined that but at one stage i was like um i asked the nurse if i could give her a kiss on the cheek and it yeah. was all very like i felt like a fucking 13 year old again sure like it was really exciting as a like to give a girl a kiss on the cheek, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know how to just, like um, it, like it's some wacky shit, dude. Like yeah. it was really intense. 
But this nurse then got like, um, actually, that's probably plot as well that I can't talk about. Anyway, on the second day, there is a dance in the evening. And the dance has dance instructors. And we have to learn how to do like these dances. And we have this very strange meal. Okay. It's some wacky shit. Um, But then they ask us, they ask me and one other person to read our essays out in front of everyone. Mm. Wow. Bear in mind, there are still legit straight up fucking Nazi fascist cunts a part of this group. Okay. And I read out an essay on why the Holocaust was bad and why Nazis are bad. Mm. And people are like, what the fuck, Michael? Mm. I thought you were one of us. Like, so during the game, I successfully went from being an asshole to everyone. Yeah. Then I tried to do the right thing and I successfully pissed off all the nasty characters and then effectively landed myself being incredibly isolated because I had pissed everyone off through the transition. Right. And I thought it was interesting when we were talking about um, during Empire how we both love narrative. Yeah. We both love character arcs. We both love progression of characters. You react to stimulus and you, you... If the stimulus is right, then you react to that. And in my mind being shown a film of the Holocaust and having visions of that we spoke about earlier Mm. probably might have quite a big effect on Michael's psyche. So I was trying to start to do things. So I tried to do a couple of good things. Like I tried to use the leverage of the information I had to try and save one of my friends. Um, I, the pregnant girl, I tried to tell her that my mum will be able to look after her. I come from a wealthy family. Mm. My dad's very ill and on the way out. But you, if you have this baby, you can go and live with my mum. Mm. While I'm institutionalized, you can still go and live with my mum and be happy and have a wealthy thing. My mum will have someone to look after and a new baby in the house really like yeah 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 nice nice yeah um and like i might be stuck in this institute you know forever right um my mum also came to visit me on the second day and it was so heartbreaking mm-hmm. and the lady that played the um my mum it was like yeah cuz it we're fucking animals at this point, okay? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the institution is fucking awful. Right. It's dirty. People are fucking violent. I've got bandages around me. And she comes in this, and she's like, oh, my God, Michael, like, this is awful. We need yeah. to get you out of here. And she's trying to convince me to do the deal I told you about earlier. Right. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't do that. Yeah. What I want you to do is go and get a good doctor to help the fucking pregnant lady and look after her when she gives birth and give her a place to stay and live. The money I need to use for a different... Like, all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so heartbreaking because she was like, wanted just the best for me. Yeah. And wanted to pay my way. And Michael was trying to do the right thing. 
by taking responsibility for his actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you had a question, Ian? No, I guess... I, I don't know how much you can really speak to this, but, like, the awareness of what is real and what is not real... Mm-hmm. Um how much conversation was around that between the characters like did people talk about so some of them we experienced together right some of them we experienced by ourselves sure but did like i mean did people uh i mean i guess it's difficult to talk about this without being spoilerific in a sense of what you've, you've spoken of but like did people go insane or uh, talk about their experiences and their no, things. But I kind of did, and we'll get to that. Okay. So that night, yeah, I go to bed again. Sure. And I get woken up again, <laughs> and I head downstairs. fucking tired like yeah. I go to sleep but it's like I'm asleep for I don't know how long right like it's an hour maybe and I'm already like I'm out and then I get woken up oh by the way I really want to apologize to the member of staff that woke me up on the second night because he said I woke up like a horror movie because I fell asleep and the guy woke me up and I went <gasps> and like I, I woke up like that and scared the shit out of him so I apologize <laughs> um, like and I joked with him I was like hey I'm really sorry but like I actually punched a friend of mine who woke me up, uh, Martin. I actually yeah, 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 punched yeah. him when he woke me up once. So, uh, yeah, be careful when you're waking me up. Um, you're quite a rapid sleeper sometimes. Yeah, when I sleep, I... Yeah, yeah you crash whoop. out pretty quick. You're, you're definitely, like, not like me. No, I I either sleep or I don't sleep. But anyway, anyway. anyway. Um, so I wake up in the, the morning with this item. Right. Okay, I won't describe what the item is, but I received an item during the night. Right. And I start my day and everything's fine. And it's the last day. Right. And some people, if they behave well, will be released. Some people will stay in the Institute and some people will be sent to a more secure location (laughs) or even the mines. Right. Wow. And that's like... The bad, yeah. bad, bad. Um, <clears throat> one of my friends says, Michael, I I want to show you something. I'm like, sure, show me. And started walking me along. And I was like, oh, it's downstairs in the basement. I immediately, OC Dave yeah. was like, this is a fucking trap. Like, I, I knew it was a fucking trap, okay? Yeah. Like, and I looked back, and I saw some people, like, hanging around the corridor, and they were looking, and it was like, oh, they're, like, yeah. they're, they're gonna, they're, they're clicking out. But, like, Michael was like, okay, fine, yeah, I'll go with you. I headed down to the basement, um, and I got to the basement, 
a bunch of characters showed up. Some of them were friends of mine. Some of them I had helped protect. Some of them were enemies. But like, it was a... Like an et tu brute situation. Right. And I turned around and went, alright, who's first? And they grabbed me. Yeah. And again, this is kind of spoilerish, so I'm going to put some music in now. They carved a the symbol for Nazi, which is a pig, on my forehead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So... I'm in the basement, heavily blood lost. Yeah. I'm like in pain. I've been marked permanently yeah. with something very bad. Yeah. One of my friends comes down and is like, hey, Michael, let me help you. And I'm like, oh. And bear in mind, this guy turned on me. Right. So he gets me upstairs and I'm like, get the fuck away from me type thing. And I collapse. And then the medical staff all come over and they like try and help me and they drag me into this room and I'm like passing out because I've got like heavy blood loss. I'm yeah. RPing the blood loss. And they're like, oh, let's give him like, basically they have like meth. Right. Which is like like speed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they make me snort a giant line of methamphetamine. Right, okay. So I'm like... So Michael is seeing things. His memory's all over the place. He just got assaulted by his friends and permanently injured. Um, I think Michael's... And, and then a giant amount of methamphetamine... Yeah. Might leave Michael in a fairly psychotic state right this is where I was RP wise right so then Michael me went around and decided to attack the attackers right so I, I was saying stuff like you should have killed me and I was like beating them up and I found a bunch of weapons and like People have been searched, so they didn't have any weapons on them. And I was just searching for weapons and then going attacking people. And, like, like psycho shit. Like, I would just see a guy and they'd be like, easy, Michael. And I would just be like, pull out an iron bar and just start beating them up. And then, yeah. like, when the nurses arrived, they'll say, drop it. And I'll just drop it and then keep my hands above my head. Like a, like a proper prison movie, you yeah. know. And I got taken away. Um... Oh, there's stuff I can't talk about that's really interesting. But, like, Michael was kind of tricked into not doing something to help someone else because he was high on meth or whatever. Right. I think a lot of players thought I was just being, like, over the top at that point. I got that impression that people were like... And I was like, after the game, I was like, no, I got, like, attacked, and then they gave me loads of meth, and that's why I was acting that way. And they're like, right. oh, you got given meth? And I'm like, yeah. And it was like, I think some players maybe thought I was being just a bit silly at that point. But anyway, uh, let's get to the end of this, because right. it's been harrowing. I've missed out an awful lot of stuff, but, like, it's fine. Um, the final... 
Oh, there was one bit with the special friends. Right. Where we all, well, certain people got taken to visit one of the friends I talked to you about, Ian. Okay. And we had to make a decision. That decision went 50-50. Some of it was good. I did the good thing. Another character did a bad thing. Right. And that was pretty bad. And then we get taken into the room where it's like we have to watch a theatre play, but we are then told which characters are going to be taken to the fucking gulag or whatever. Right. Out of the 30 whatever people, like whatever it is, 30, 20 something players, Michael is decided as one that's going to be sent to the mines. Right, okay. The pregnant lady that I tried to help was not going to go and stay with my mum. She had been taken away to somewhere else, which sounded awful, also awful. Right. The friend I was trying to save from going to prison did go to prison. Right. And it was... The mega... You know, like in Wayne's World, where they're like the super mega sad ending? Yeah. That was Michael's ending to this event. Right. Okay. Everything Michael had tried to do went wrong. Right. Literally everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the darkest timeline. Michael was going to the gulag. He was... Everything went wrong. Right, right, right. And then... The event came to a close. I don't really want to talk about the close too much. But there was a nice kind of... Not nice. It was really depressing kind of end about, like, what happened to the characters. Really depressing. Um, And then the game ended. Now, there was no after-game workshops. I thought there was supposed to be. There was supposed to be. But it went straight into, let's have a beer, and that's the end of the game. Right. I was emotionally fucked. Right. Like, I was almost catatonic. I didn't want to speak to anyone. I So I went for a walk. Um, I grabbed a cigarette of someone and smoked a cigarette and went for a walk. I walked around the, this lovely little town yeah. in in. in, in Czechia um, I got back I had a beer I made it easier I talked to a couple of people but like I was really fucked dude yeah like I was really in a massively introverted state pretty traumatised by everything that had happened to my character I hadn't separated my character from me mm. um, a lot of the experiences that I had were like Mucho grande bleed. Yeah. I was fucked. Do you think you, looking at the cast of characters, mm-hmm. are there like, is there like some, like, is there like a realm of character you think you would have rather inhabited that would have made this easier for you? Or do you think that what you had was like a, like, was an inevitable and necessary process? So, if I'm being cynical, I would say I think it would have been easier for Michael to double down on his initial character. Right. If I had stayed uh, a coward, 
not taking responsibility and not standing up for what he thought was right yeah. and playing the game as in like playing the game with a therapist sure I wouldn't have ended up in the gulag yeah I would have been able to get out of that place or maybe I don't know yeah but um, if I had been less sympathetic it would have hurt less mm. um, there were certain characters in there that had started as Nazi bastards and continued to be Nazi bastards and that yeah. was how it was and there was no comeuppance for them no no uh, like moral comeuppance for them not having moved on now I think there's a couple of elements to this I think our staff didn't enforce that enough I, I think the game itself is a sandbox okay like it's a very well-crafted sandbox of understanding ideology, um, youth, influence, um, psychology. It's like, and it's the players that play out and develop the ending. Mm. Now, here's a question. Yeah. Do you think, so is the ending the ultimate result of what occurred to Michael. Okay. Is this that, is this is, is that important. This is a great question because uh, it was to me yeah for days. Yeah. Like I was a grumpy boy. Mm. I was because I think we're often focused on outcomes of result when it comes to these because we're used to narratives. Mm. I think where we see Someone good triumph over evil, all of that stuff. Uh, like even the heroic sacrifice or the retributive realization or the uh, the idea of uh, the finding of oneself through hardship, these kind of things, and that there is some some uh, some. Uh, thing within the outer world that recognises that. Yeah, like and a, a sense of a higher that. power or justice or the whatever. World, yeah. Whatever you choose to accept it as. However, I think we all know in reality there are many, many people throughout history who and this is just a condition of life. You are not always rewarded for your best actions and sometimes you are punished for good actions and sometimes you are rewarded for bad actions and uh, but there's also behind all of that there is the truth of the moral reality mm -hmm. um, so do you feel for example uh, by the way all of these like I'm so glad you're asking these questions because this is what I've been dealing with yeah so uh, obviously the these are entirely different things. And I would say what you've explored is on such an extreme level I would never engage with uh, in terms of the actual LARP you went to. Mm -hmm. When I think about what I'm doing in Empire at the moment, I'm thinking of it in those kind of terms. That the, the, the outcome is not dependent on the journey in which is is stroven, right? Mm -hmm. 
Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I felt after the LARP for the, the a couple of days afterwards, I was angry at other players um, for not recognizing what you were striving yes, for and also and not seeing that, that I, I was like oh you're only interested in conflict and this is effectively a mm. it's a torture simulator mm. right like this is just a a, a, a be nasty to each mm-hmm. other simulator mm-hmm. and it's giving you a space in a historical setting to be vicious to each other mm-hmm. and to release your darkest inner thing and i think like what's good about waiting the time like it's been a week or so um i've started to mellow on that opinion mm. and i think you're right i think i think this is what's this is what's interesting about it was i, I think there's definitely a thing of of the separation of self and character and there's definitely a thing, therefore, when you are separated in that sense and you can view the narrative for what it is. Mm. And the narrative is the journey of... Exp- of expression is the wrong term, but the journey of uh, morality and the journey of what it is to carry a principle through from uh, concept to result. Mm. And that the price that is paid to do such a thing is integral to the narrative and that that that, that the hero's journey can actually be found through a unseen and unwitnessed transition uh, through uh, life uh, agreed and i think like this this says to something about like all of this is very personal and very mm. introspective but i was like like why didn't people see why didn't my therapist see mm. what michael was trying to do why didn't the nurse help me when i laid everything down i did mm. i did the right thing i turned on Nazi people, I turned them into authorities, and I dobbed in on people, and I wanted an exchange of that. Mm. Whereas the reality is, this period in time was not fair. Yeah. Like, it was truly tragic what happened to these young people, and and to to Europe and the rest of the world. Like, there were injustices galore. Mm. Um, it, it, It... like I that night I went to bed mm. in the morning I spoke to a very nice fellow the German fellow I spoke to before and we had a good conversation um, but for I went back to my I went back to Prague and I went to my hotel I had lunch mm. and it was weird to be around happy everyday people mm. And then I went to my hotel room and I slept, I had a beer, I had a shower, I Mm. slept. I lived in this limbo Mm. for the next like 24 hours until I had to go and get my flight of just being like, I'm in a beautiful city with wonderful people and I was just locked into myself Mm. so heavily. Um... But, okay, 
Okay. We can talk about this a lot, but like, let's get to some sort of conclusions about about this style of LARP, this LARP in particular. Mm. Do I think it was worthwhile? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't treated by. I, I think it's because I wanted some sort of moral justice at the end mm. that I felt so hard about it. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I kind of respect the sandbox nature of allowing things to happen and having trust in us as players, mm. given the safety sets around the game to experience all that that, that is. Mm. Even though it hurts. Do you think there is uh, a truth to the reality that uh, when you think, when you, like, the question of, the fundamental question I think we all ask ourselves from good, from, from, from mo- in, in moments in life of, am I a good person? Are my actions moral? Mm. Are my, uh, am, am I? Does, does it mean anything? all of that but like those moments when you question yourself and your activities and you think of your regrets and your rewards and your uh your privileges and your access and your the your resentments and mm. all of these different things that you carry as baggage through life and you some and you and, and you're ultimately all you are left with is the core question of do i do do I, as a flawed uh, lens of reality, understand myself to be a good person? Am I... I, I? I think this is like. There's this phrase that keeps coming up in my mind, having thought about it, because the bleed I have for me as a person mm. is the idea of you can't change other people's. Opinion of you, you are your own moral island. Does that make sense? No, and I think this is why I was saying that thing earlier about the idea of um, we're so used to seeing, and, and we speak often, we're shown often this narrative of the hero's journey expressed to us in in very literal terms. Mm-hmm. You know, where people go on a journey and there is a path and they walk it, and it's a physical activity, and they're rewarded. Uh, and yeah, there is there is a conclusion to that journey, right? The interesting thing, of course, that people often don't talk about in the hero's journey is the bit that happens at the very, very end, where the hero lives long enough to essentially become a stagnant force. But that's a separate matter, or or to 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 return to the beginning, yeah, but to be changed and to bring back something of value to those in which you have expected. But the important thing is. That this can be an entirely internalized and unseen process, and we do this all the time. Like those moments of personal growth are simply the hero's journey explored in, in terms of unseen narrative, mm. unexplored. There's no, there's no scene of the fellowship walking over a mountain, right, or, or, or whatever, right. But but in your being. There can be, right, in the evolution of you as a person, 
for exploring things. There can be. And there are moments where you come through a dark moment in your life. You, you, maybe you have made a bad decision and you walk through Mordor and you come out the other side and you're like, oh, okay. Like, I am grown from this expression. Nobody will understand, but you know. I think I felt like a lot of sadness for Michael as a character. Mm. Like, he... I think I, like... I worried that I'd played the game wrong. Mm -hmm. I worried that I had let Michael down. Mm. Um, uh, (sighs) Who is Michael in the end, though? Is it not just a lens? Yeah, it's a hundred percent a lens. Like, so, in that sense, can it's it's the the understanding that you can be, you can both simultaneously be, be free of it, and be challenged by it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, and like, bear in mind, I'm a week out. Of course, dude. And like this this conversation's really helpful and really good. And I think like, but my only uh, in fact, like, I'm being completely honest here. Like, I know we just talked about Nazis, assault, sexual assault, mm-hmm. pregnancy, um, all of these, uh, the Holocaust, all these terrible things. My only real criticism for what they're doing is the lack of aftercare. That does seem like, yeah. That, mean... that would be, that would be like, because do I think that they should not run this... Ev- no, I think they should. I think it was like, for those that opt in mm. and know what it is, then do this event and yeah. be ready to have these feelings and questions. I think it's also striking because, uh, and again, maybe I'm incorrect here, but the way, you, uh, and maybe you were incorrect in the way that you explained it to me when you originally told me about it, the way that you told me before you were going to the event was that there was going to be these sessions like the, uh, an opportunity afterwards to reflect. Uh, the, the, it, it, now, uh, maybe you I were incorrect, maybe I I would... think other times they've run this, there has been aftercare. I don't know. I tried to... The next day, uh, I, we were helping pack up. Mm. Um, I was still in a bit of a weird headspace. I asked the guy, the main game runner, on the night after we finished hey, do you fancy doing an interview tomorrow? And he was like, ah, maybe. He was very dismissive of it. I'm not the sort of person that's yeah. going to... Push sh- someone. Yeah. I, pff, you know, I don't want to push that. Yeah. Um, it's not in my interest. It's not in anyone's interest for me to kind of hawkishly try and force someone to talk through their process or anything like that. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. I, I don't think, and I think with doing stuff like this, especially with the level of challenge you've taken on, uh, and as unsatisfying as it may seem, there doesn't have to be some clear resolution to your thoughts at mm. this moment. And I don't think you need to feel uh, challenged to bring that to bear. And I think that's a that's a a necessary thing. I know we often end these kind of episodes on some kind of note of resolution and stuff like that. And if you have one, that's fine. But it's also important to understand that sometimes I think what it is to explore the self 
is not always clean and it's not always uh, something that is like pleasurable pleasurable even as you say it's type 2 fun uh, uh, one thing that I really thought about was uh, someone earlier in uh, uh, the event um, before we started playing was talking about LARP being an art form mm. and how you can explore like if this was a movie mm. it would be critically acclaimed and really interesting mm. if this was a piece of art on a wall mm. it would be thought provoking and interesting mm. the fact it's a we consider it to be a game and play is the thing that might make people go that's awful or the perceived nature of causing harm because we don't think that other people should are mature enough to experience things like this mm. right i think these are all big questions when mm. it comes to this uh, like am i done with international LARP? no mm. like i know what my breaking point looks like now mm. i think i hit it over this event i experienced a huge amount about myself do I want to do another game run by these people? I think I do. Mm. Like at some point. Yeah. Not tomorrow. Yeah. But like at some point in the future. Like uh, I think they're the same people that run a game called Legion, mm. um, which is again different but still very challenging. I think it's compelling just how many different flavors of LARP there are mm. and how many like like bear in mind and for those listening it's like there are so many different types of challenge you can engage in where you're kind of like maybe it is for you like a, a thing where you just have to be like a a radio DJ. You're role playing like a, a radio DJ for like a, a radio station during a certain time in history, and you just have to disc jockey your way through or whatever, and be a personality and be very charismatic and stuff. And that's hugely challenging. Or maybe you're doing a comedy kind of style thing, or maybe you're doing like, and you're going to uh, Second Breakfast soon, which is like a next very... week. Next week, I'm going to be a hobbit for the weekend. Yeah. There is. No combat encounters. Yeah. It's just eating, yeah. drinking. Yeah, maybe a goose might show up to scare us. Yes, but it's going to be it's entirely frivolous in that sense, right? Like, yeah. and the things you get, to, and and it's it, it's japes, right? And it's like it's a very interest, and and when you talk of it as an art form, it's like, well, I mean, you just need to look at. at at any artwork look at movies look at books look at the the the, the range of medium that is explored mm. is vast and divergent well like if you look at film for example you can have michael bay yeah and you can have one third of the cuckoo's nest yeah you can have um i don't know bad boys 2 yeah 
and you can have like uh, Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. Right? Like, Dude, even if, like, I could say to you, Shark Movie. And on one scale, you have something like Jaws. Mm. And on one scale, you have something like Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Right? I love Deep Blue Sea, by the way. You know what I mean? But, um, like, you know what I mean? Like, or, or what? Yeah. Or, or, like, Sharknado or something, right? So, yeah, let's close out. We're yeah. kind of running out of tape yeah. on the recorder here. But, um, I don't know. Like, I'm super proud of you for doing it. I personally will never do this. Uh, I think, like, I don't know. I don't know how this episode is going to go down. Yeah. I even thought about the ideas like, do we keep this episode as a patron only episode and we keep it behind mm. the paywall? I feel like we should probably release it. I think so. Um, I think like if this is like, you're going to know while listening to this, whether this is something that you want to experience or not experience. Um, hopefully the people that, have a hard time with these sorts of matters stop listening to it a long time ago um you can a hundred percent message us yeah through facebook i may not respond but i definitely will read everything if people want to send something to me yeah um i think that's as much as i can promise on that but like you've been through it dude like yeah and you've challenged yourself and you know. Hey, thank you so much to my fellow players, um, to the to the NPCs, um, especially to uh, the lady that played my mother, who also played another character, which I told Ian about. Yeah. Um, the to the wonderful nurse that my character fell in love with, to my friends that turned on me, to my enemies that became friends. Like, and I've missed out stuff that's pretty 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 troubling that I, I i haven't mentioned but like all of those stories and all of that narrative is with me now but the more time goes by the more it becomes transcendent and almost healing in its viciousness uh, i don't know dude 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 i think we roll some dice. We thank some patrons. Do, and... Is it even appropriate to thank a patron? I mean, jeez, Louise. I, I know. Mean, I mean, like, I think we should just do a blanket thank you to our patrons yes. rather than yeah, have yeah, a I name attached this, yeah. to this. But, um, jeez. Oh, the I next, mean... hey, folks, the next one's going to be second breakfast. Yes, I'm going to talk about being a hobbit for a weekend. Ellie's made me a fantastic Hobbit outfit. Dude, it's gonna I'm going to so get my hair curled. Hype. I'm picking up a keg from Martin. It's May. It's going to be a beautiful summertime. Dude, I'm jealous of it's you, It's going to be so fucking sweet. Bit of eye lap action. I love you, man. I love you too, buddy. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>